Red tide toxins are showing up in bottlenose dolphins in higher than expected amounts. A new study finds out what's going on. And coral jewelry. It's a popular holiday gift. It looks pretty. But we'll tell you why you should cross it off your list. Those stories are coming up today on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. There's a new NOS study out about how harmful algal bloom toxins are transferred to dolphins through the fish they eat. What's a harmful algal bloom, you ask? Well, you probably know them better by the popular name red tide. Scientists call them harmful algal blooms, or HABs, and they occur when colonies of algae grow out of control while producing harmful toxins. They happen each year around the nation in coastal waters, and when they hit, it often means we humans can't eat the shellfish in the area for a while. That's because the shellfish filter ocean water to get their food, so they eat the algae that carry the toxins, and it takes a while for those toxins to get out of their system. Well, in a similar way, fish also absorb algae toxins during HABs by eating algae or eating other creatures that ate the algae. Previous NOS studies have found that harmful algal blooms play a big role in unusual deaths of marine mammals like seals, sea lions, dolphins, and whales. What's an unusual death? Scientists call them unusual mortality events, or UMEs, and they're defined as any significant die-off of marine mammals or an unexpected marine mammal stranding. And of all the unusual strandings and deaths that occur in our waters, it's estimated that over 50% are caused by algal toxins. In recent years, there have been increased efforts to take a closer look at carcasses and live stranded animals to help us better understand what's going on. And by knowing more about marine mammal deaths and their causes and their rates, we can help better protect these threatened animals. This, in turn, can give us indicators of ocean health, and that can give us insight into bigger environmental issues with implications for human health. All marine mammals, by the way, are protected under the U.S. Marine Mammal Protection Act. Now we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about corals. They're popular as souvenirs, they're popular for home decor, and they're really popular for jewelry. But many people don't know that these beautiful structures are made by living creatures. And if you did know this, you might not be aware that corals are dying off at alarming rates around the world. That's why it's better to leave the corals in the ocean where they belong. Coral reefs are made from the calcified skeleton of tiny sea creatures called coral polyps. These reefs form some of the most biologically rich and economically valuable ecosystems on Earth, also some of the oldest ecosystems on Earth. Some call them the rainforests of the oceans, others call them the medicine cabinets of the oceans. Both are good analogies. Consider these facts. They form the largest living structure on Earth, coral reefs do, and even though they cover less than 1% of the Earth's surface, they're home to 25% of all marine fish species. They're important to humans, too, Coral reefs are home to millions of species of plants and fish that people depend on for food and tourism. In fact, it's estimated that half a billion people on Earth rely on the reefs for food and livelihood. And coral reef plants and animals are also a critical source of new medicines being developed to treat illnesses. Coral reefs and coral organisms have been used to treat cancer, HIV, cardiovascular disease, and even ulcers. But as I mentioned earlier, corals are in real danger. They're threatened on many fronts by pollution, by invasive species, by fishing, disease, coral bleaching, global climate change, and they're threatened by consumer demand for coral jewelry and coral art. What we know is that if we keep up the present rate of destruction, it's estimated that over 70% of the world's reefs will be gone by 2050. So you can help protect the reefs by marking anything made of coral off of your holiday shopping list. 
Now let's take a closer look at one type of coral that's particularly prized for its beauty. This will give you a better idea of the destructive power of the coral jewelry market. The U.S. is the world's largest documented consumer of one type of coral called corallium. It's red and pink, it's beautiful, and it's often used to make jewelry. Finished pieces of jewelry and art crafted from this type of coral can fetch anywhere between twenty dollars and $20,000 in the marketplace. By some estimates, the U.S. imported over 26 million pieces of corallium between 2001 and 2006. This heavy commercial harvesting has reduced colony size, density, and age structure of corallium over time. And harvesting is also lowering the reproduction capability of the species, and it's decreasing its genetic diversity. Research is also showing that removal of red and pink corals for the global jewelry and art trade is also leading to smaller and smaller corallium in the wild. Over the past few decades, the average base diameter of corallium has shrunk from about 4 inches down to less than an inch. That's because so much of it is harvested. Since corals grow at rates of much less than an inch per year, they live for an extremely long time, and they don't even reach a mature stage until they're between 7 to 12 years old. But once this coral is harvested for jewelry and other uses, especially when it's pulled out at a young age, surrounding coral beds often don't recover. The good news is that we can all help reduce the demand for coral jewelry art and decoration simply by refusing to buy them. You can appreciate the beauty of corals over on our website. We're at oceanservice.noaa.gov. From there you can surf on over to NOAA's Coral Reef Conservation Program, or you can visit NOAA Coral Reef Watch to see how researchers are monitoring these living structures from space. Well, that's all for this week. If you have any questions about this week's podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send us an email at nos.web at noaa.gov. And a reminder that you might see a short survey pop up while visiting the NOS website. We'd love to get your feedback. It will only take a few minutes, and your comments are going to help make our site a lot better. So we appreciate it in advance. Now let's bring in the ocean. Thanks for joining us this week on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you next week.